Hi, I'm Michael A. Ventrella, author of How to Argue the Constitution with a Conservative, and you're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. And hi, I'm Robin Renee. Welcome to episode 149. In this episode, I speak with author and lawyer Michael A. Ventrella about his book, How to Argue the Constitution with a Conservative, and why voting in this year's election next week is so important. But before that, we talk about our Samhain season plans in the Earthscape. You can always find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and X Twitter at Leftscape. And please help support the podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. <laughs> we post exclusive content there monthly. Join us at patreon.com slash Leftscape. Yes. So what have you learned this fortnight, Wendy? Oh, this fortnight? I learned that Fruit Loops are all the same flavor, regardless of their color. I think, and I think I feel cheated now. <laughs> you thought you had orange ones, and I have no idea. Ones. I haven't eaten Fruit Loops in probably forty years. Um, <laughs> well, that is a very cute fact, and it's funny that I sort of have an analogous fact in a way. There is a cereal called Magic Spoon that is grain-free, and it's basically supposed to mimic all of your childhood, you know, cereal flavors, but it's just, okay. it's less terrible for you. And um, <laughs> I've always, I was curious about it. So I, I was gifted several boxes of these various things and fruity flavor is my favorite. And it's, you know, it, it looks like fruit. It's kind of Fruit Loop-ish. It's pretty, it's pretty close actually. <laughs> It's pretty close, but but it's not so overwhelming that it's not like an immediate sugar rush. So it's you know it's not bad. Okay. I would probably not, what God? It's not diabetes in a box. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so you know it's it's a little more desserty than my normal breakfast. But I would I would happily read their ad copy because they they advertise a whole <laughs> lot of podcasts that I've heard. Okay, so you never know. We'll see. Okay. Well, Magic Spoon, if you want to sponsor us, we will uh, <laughs> we will happily take your sponsorship. Yes. <laughs> oh God, I it's like I can't even. Here, I guess it's time for us to talk about all of the news we can handle, and it's probably less than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. We did kind of have a, a, before we started recording, had a rundown of all this stuff that we definitely could not handle. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. So the war, war and murder and killing and yeah, there's, there's, shootings and all of those things that you all know about. We are not going to rehash any of that right now because we can't deal with it. Yeah. But I, I try to keep a vague watch on the Trump goings on and whatnot. So He's 
has a couple of gag orders going on right now, which is sort of amusing. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember he got. I remember though about the one. So when did he get the second? <laughs> so he has a gag a gag order um, for the election interference case in Washington, and that was lifted briefly because they were looking. He was looking into like challenge challenging it. What? Yes. Okay. But <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, it's back into place, and basically this restricts his inflammatory rhetoric as he prepares for trial and the campaign. So like, let's see what mm. it says here in a, in a whole, Oh, right. So that was, that was basically that one. So for the <laughs> election interference case, he's, okay. he's not supposed to talk about those, you know, the, I guess you could, he can talk in general terms, but you don't insult people or cause reason or, to, you know, concern uh, yeah, for cause the, for other people. people who are not, actually involved with death threats and shit like that exactly yes so in a whole separate case and gag order (laughs) the judge overseeing the new york civil case fined him ten thousand dollars for violating the order which bars him from going after members of the court staff that was the one i had heard about i didn't hear about this other one or maybe i conflated them right when i heard on the news or something probably you did yeah there were two separate cases but this is the civil Mm. case and he was fined five thousand dollars just a few days before this we're talking about like the whatever the staff member is that was like sitting next to the judge he said something to the effect of like oh well there's there's a very biased person sitting right near the judge and blah 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 and you know and that was what he was saying in his his press release or his press conference when he came out so he was fined oh five thousand and then when he did that again pretty much immediately after then ten thousand so I don't yeah. know the one thing that I'm glad that, that there's some sort of at least marking of the issues that he's that he's doing and it's not just totally free for all. But yeah. one of the com- commentaries that I saw, I think it was Bo, the fifth column, said it on YouTube, that basically, though, if you have money, these things aren't illegal. It's just, it's paying a fee right. to do the thing. Right. So, you know, obviously we have like a multi-tiered system. Yeah. Well, it's always been that way. Right. Right. But at least it's yeah. being documented. And so well, he's got to pay it too. I mean, yeah. it may not it eventually when it comes out that he's not as wealthy as he says, because I am sure, you know, because he's he's had to. Well, actually, I think all of that, all of his business is going into receivership. I think it's like his kids are going to or at least the ones who aren't also implicated, which I guess leaves Ivanka. She's going to run them for him. So it's not like the money is like gone forever, but right. And she's testifying soon, I think. Oh, allegedly. Okay. So I'm not sure what. Well, that my being. my Trump news because I have a little bit is Denver and Minnesota courts. I think it's the Supreme Courts. I'm not. I know it's the Minnesota Supreme Court, and I not sure about Denver right now, but their courts are hearing arguments this week. Denver was today. They they started the case. And in Minnesota, that will start on Thursday. And today is Monday. <laughs> they are hearing arguments this week to keep Trump off the ballot in November of 2024. And they are using the 14th Amendment as the argument. 
Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution states no person can hold public office if they, quote, have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So I know that there's been a couple of activist groups who have been writing to a whole lot of state election officials using this argument to keep Trump off the ballot. But the election officials, I guess it's the secretaries of state. That's the position that the that they've been getting these letters. They don't want to unilaterally keep him off the ballot and be the decision maker behind that because they're honestly, they're afraid of retribution from sure. the rabble, from the ravening mob. So a couple of states are going through a, a judicial process to affect his removal from the ballot. And I'm hoping that more, I, well, I'm hoping two things. I'm hoping that these cases win and I'm hoping that other states will follow suit because then it's going to be a moot point about what he does with the primaries, because if he can't be on the ballot in enough states, there's no way he can win anyway. Yeah. So let's keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> will do. Ah. So in other news, there is a Speaker of the House, and it was quite the trajectory getting there. Uh, if, if you wanted to retrace the steps, it, there's a good wiki article that sort of <laughs> talks about, you know, how Kevin McCarthy's, you know, booting to all the permutations to get to Mike Johnson from Louisiana. And he is the new Speaker, and he's very... Extremely conservative. I think the thing that the big difference that a lot of people have been commenting on really is that, you know, Kevin McCarthy really was like an opportunist and he just kind of wanted to be speaker and he just would do whatever it would take to mold himself into the person that people wanted to see up there, you know, to, to get enough votes. And this guy is really an extreme Christian conservative, actually. So he's gone after gender-affirming health care issues, anti-abortion, gun, anti-gun regulation. He has... Anti-gay marriage. Yes, and even anti... He was fighting against the decriminalization of sodomy and, you know, all the yeah. sexual anything. So he's pretty extreme. He's pretty extreme. I don't know... Oh, obviously, it informs his decision-making. So yeah. I'm not expecting a lot to get passed. That's because that's if, what I'm guessing if, too. It, we're going to have like basically another year, year and a half of nothing getting done in Congress. Yeah. Which in this really, case is a good really sucks. Thing. It sucks. Well, yes, but I mean, there's things that they, there's things that we need to, to get done. I know. I know, <laughs> but we don't want to get. No, we don't want caught up no. in this sort of shit. And like, they don't you know, need regressive worse. stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if there's regressive stuff that happens in the House, the Senate's going to kill it. Yeah. So, like, a, like basically, like I said, it's this is this is going to be another a whole lot of sturm und drang and nothing getting done. And yeah. you know, I I just hope that that they can figure out. I I'm just hoping that that we don't have another shutdown that isn't going to the resolution of which isn't going to be horrible for everybody. True. You know, 
because that that's going to be happening like what in two weeks like before right before thanksgiving i think yeah i think if the next they, deadline is the, right around yeah there. i know it was after the election which i am annoyed i mean of course it is because if it was before the election then that would affect people voting but anyway see this is the stuff that i can i can get my that i enjoy actually talking about because it happened 65 million years ago (laughs) (laughs) new simulations are implicating the dust generated by the shish club and i probably mangled that (laughs) word asteroid impact as the mechanism that wiped out the dinosaurs and that was because the dust from that impact they ran simulations based on samples that they took from north dakota and they did a computer simulation and they've determined that the amount of dust globally it was up in the atmosphere for so long darkening the planet killing it basically killed all the vegetation and then all of the then 75% of the land of the species on earth died because they had nothing to eat wow so so that was a, an a interesting little factoid and you know and they what they they say and killed the non-avian dinosaurs right so the avian so dinosaurs, the avian dinosaurs are still with us Yes, there are birds. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, we and I just I saw a meme the last two days, which is a chicken was a, a cartoon of a chicken that had just caught a mouse and it, it was lit like from the from below and the shadow it was casting on the wall looked like a velociraptor. So and there's and the and the caption was they haven't forgotten their origins. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. <sighs> the lowly chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of some cool news from Atlanta. About 3,000 students are getting a brighter future because an organization bought out $10 million in student loans and wow. canceled it for them. Wow. Which I didn't really know that that was a thing that could happen. I guess I've heard of it, but not a whole lot about it. But it's like... You know, they paid something like one and a quarter pennies on the dollar to buy out the nice. debt. Yeah. And this, nice. this was for uh, Morehouse College students. And Great. Yeah. So the, the purchase from the Historically Black College wiped out debt for 2,777 students, amounting to around $3,600 per student for oh. the fall 2002-2022 term. So that's pretty interesting and this company is called i guess it's called debt collective and the rolling jubilee fund were responsible for the purchase you know it they didn't spend 10 million dollars they spent like a million and a half dollars right because i guess they canceled 10 million of debt yes yeah really amazing it is interesting and I, i guess basically what it is is that the some debts are such that the people who are owed the money or the or you know the organization who's owed the money bets that they would only make a certain percentage of it back anyway because right. it wouldn't be paid back for various reasons so or for over 30 years from now right exactly so taking a a, a lump sum of a smaller amount is worth it to them and so that's right. how some debt right, can get canceled because it's now because it's right. money now and not money decades from now right right exactly because because all of these if this is debt that was incurred last year 
first it's deferred mm-hmm. until all these kids are done with school and there's other reasons for deferment. So it could be deferred indefinitely and then they can make minimum payments, which is not a lot of money mm-hmm. for them. So good. And I, I, I wonder why the government can't do that. Yeah. Paying off, you know, I guess because they have to, they have to backstop everybody and give everybody more than really what it's worth. So, okay. Right. Right. But, and also, you know, you know, there are so many (laughs) systemic issues that are going into our, you know, our debt and and money issues in the country, but at least I think altruism has a place in it. And I think that's that's positive. Yeah. And I, and this is probably a, Pretty similar to what John Oliver did a few years ago when he bought up a bunch of medical debt. Oh, that's cool. I didn't, I forgot about that. Yeah, he, he did that five years ago, six years ago. I don't know. It was, you know, when he, when he would, would drop tens of thousands of dollars on stupid things. And then one year he just said, fine, we're just going to buy up. Yeah. I think he did a thing thing. on medical debt, on, on debt collections and, and he ended up buying a bunch of medical debt and paying it off, Nice, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and that is all the news we are handling today because, yeah. <laughs> Catch a new wave with Saved by Zero on Radio PVS, independent internet radio from Melbourne, Australia, Thursdays at 8 a.m. Eastern and again on Sundays at 1 a.m. Join me, your host, Andrew Genus, and take an hour-long dive into new wave, punk, post-punk, indie and modern rock, Gen X angst, and sonic joy. Saved by Zero, Thursdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 1 a.m. on RadioPVS.com. Well, welcome back to Earthscape our segment where we talk about the earth and things that we associate with the earth and earthiness as pagans. And one of those things is our the holidays that we celebrate. And this yes. one coming up and, and will have just happened after you listen to this, <laughs> when you listen to this, is the holiday of Samhain, October 31st. Yes, yes we, we're going to be using the future past perfect i think <laughs> verb tense because we haven't done any of these things quite yet but but by the time you have heard it by the time you hear it we will have done it <laughs> exactly. so so yes yeah, so we did a grammar segment one of these days again. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the next geek the next geekscape we'll do exactly verb tenses yeah that's that'll be really exciting. oh yeah um <laughs> So yeah, so Samhain is the holiday where it's it's a it's a you know sort of a traditionally a, a harvest. It's the last harvest. It's the meat harvest actually, which isn't mm. great for me, but is a you know it's a logical thing if you're in a in an agrarian culture in. So this is the Western this is Europe. when you decide which animals you aren't going to feed over the winter. Right, yes, that you're going to that are going to feed you instead of you feeding. Them. Right, right. So, so that was that was part yeah. of the what happened at that time of year, and it is the time that I guess uh, metaphysically people think of as the veil being thin between the worlds. So we are also honoring the 
or people who have passed away within the the year yes. in, in particular, but also you know people think about the ancestors, ancestors and honor the ancestors. Yes, time and something something great hunt. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, there's. I think the Great Hunt is a is a Celtic legend or tradition where I believe it's Hearn, the horned god, goes around and collects all of the spirits of the people who have died over the year and takes them to the Summerland. And I she's I see Robin nodding, so I I'm remembering this right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean there are there are lots of ways that people talk about the these. Yeah. traditions but that yes. yeah i believe that is one of them too it's not one that i've yes. connected with a lot personally so yeah i find this holiday it's an interesting time because i like the frivolity and the fun of halloween and i also yes. really like to sink into and celebrate Samhain and and definitely which is a completely opposite headspace it's an opposite headspace around a lot of the same <laughs> images in a way you know what i mean it's sort of it's very strange (laughs) so yeah so i try to find some time for each my my halloween type activities i did a halloween show for my my saved by zero show but i didn't go out because i wasn't feeling well so i you know so maybe my next weekend which will be in the actual future when you hear this (laughs) i'm gonna go out and do some costumey fun things or whatever. But for us, okay. I, I, I really want to spend some time thinking about people who have passed. You know, I, Mrs. Cuff is still very much on my mind since that's been so recent. So maybe I have, I have some of her recipes and things, so I might look through and see what I could oh, make cool. of hers or at least approximate or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what, what I'll, you know, find that. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I've actually, I feel actually pretty lucky this year because I don't believe we lost anybody close in the family this year, finally, for once, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which is really nice. You deserve an off I mean, year. It is the, it, well, it's the anniversary, it's the first anniversary of my father-in-law's death, and and. I think weirdly, I was more worrying and thinking about it than anyone else in the family, which is kind of bizarre. But but yeah, I like to sit and, you know, commune with the ancestors and do some, you know, do some of that. And, you know, maybe maybe get, I, I, I don't know, maybe we'll do some divination and get some advice about how about how the how the next year is going to unfold i'd like to i'm kind of a little bit scared about that but i i might like to i might like to to try to see into the future a little bit i like uh, that's always i like sour night as a always, night to gain some insight for sure yeah 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 it's always a little scary to do that because you know the news may not be what you want to what you want to hear true so, and I'm less interested in predicting the future, as in, which is what I think the purpose of te- of any kind of divination is for me, at least, is is really sort of ge- mm. getting a grip on the elements that I'm elements meaning like actual specific things in my life, things that I'm working with, or mm-hmm. sort of just getting my bearings, I guess you could say, 
and rather okay. than ask for tell my future, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, sometimes I that I, comes out, you know, those kinds of things come out and you, you do want to know, but you don't want to know, I guess you could say. Yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. rather know how just, I can make my best effort. I think that's what. Yes. I well, I, that's probably a, that's probably better, a better attitude than my attitude, but I don't know. I did, I did a couple of years ago. I did on July 4th, I did a reading for the country and it, felt really accurate it it was basically it it was like there's people trying to do like to get over on us and we have to be really vigilant and <laughs> and you know kick some ass to to keep us from going off the rails and i don't know that we have done it enough because it's kind of playing out the way the cards were saying and, it, and it's not good <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I, you know, and then it was me with the sympathetic magic on, on the 2020 election where I was doing the, the great wave of Kanagawa. Oh, yes. It was a, a thousand piece puzzle of this big blue wave. And they, you know, and I, and I couldn't get it all done on election day and I kept trying to get it done and the election wasn't called yet. And it was like, it was like, when I got the puzzle done is when they called the election. So I really felt like it was like, oh shit, this is my fault. Oh God. <laughs> That's I didn't really think that, but a little voice in my <laughs> head, you know, there was, it's like, you know, this is your fault that they didn't figure this out because you can't get this puzzle done. And then I couldn't find a piece, like the last piece. It'll never be done. Like, it's, it's all your fault. No, it's I done. Know. I found I the know, piece. I I I'm just joking. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So. But I was sitting there doing the puzzle. I'm working as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a balance between working with you know symbology and getting too caught up in it but that's okay <laughs> that's all right i mean i know i really i know i know the election wasn't because i did a puzzle. I, I, know, I, that, I know i know i know it's just i actually i did actually once dated someone who thought that his stopping his meditation practice might like allow major wars to ensue so you know, oh, I kind of, I kind of remember that relationship. Yeah, there are things that things can be overboard, <laughs> but but I do, I do enjoy, and really resonate with, you know, using those tools and those ways of thinking about the world okay. too. So it's yeah, I totally get it. So definitely bring bring your favorite deck. I have a plethora of decks, and we could use the really scary ones or the or the friendly ones <laughs> so yeah whatever your mood whatever your mood is we could use the miss cleo deck i think you gave me that one <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah so yeah there's that and i on november 1st really like to do like house i like to put things in order mm. i know some people do it on the 31st i'm not I'm going to be traveling, so <laughs> up to yeah. you, but yeah, but yeah, that's the day when I think of as the, as the spiritual new year, November 1st. So oh, creating cool. order in the house and doing some smudging and that sort of thing will be I what I do. created order on the first floor. So I don't feel humiliated when everybody comes there over. You go. So, I mean, that, that is, that is the, the one nice thing about having is about hosting ritual and whatever it's it forces me to clean my house yeah. so 
so yeah, so I I I appreciate that because now I have some of a house, some of a clean house. My my November first will be the last Costco run of the year, so that's going to be really expensive. Oh, oh. Halloween shopping. I need to do I, Halloween shopping too. Not Halloween shopping, but it's it's. I refuse. Well, it's also because I need to go because it's I do one a one a month thing, and it's like November first. It's like okay, I go I go get all the things I'm running out of, but I refuse to walk into that store between Christmas and New Year's because it's a madhouse, and you know my my I don't know what the term is for not liking large crowds of people. It's not agoraphobia, but it's I don't like be and it's and, and I didn't like it before COVID being like in a really crowded store, but after COVID it like ratcheted it up to eleven. Mm. And you know, I mean I didn't like going there before the, the pandemic between those two times because I don't like going there on the weekends either because the lines are, you know, out or like you're waiting for forty five minutes to check out and it's like that on a Tuesday morning and not like a Saturday. And I don't, I don't even want to know what it's like on Saturday, <laughs> right. but I need to, I need to not be there. So I have to really stop. There up. you go. So yeah. <laughs> well, my November 1st is just going to the Halloween stores before they close up and seeing what they have on major sales. <laughs> so it can get some crazy wigs go. or spiky necklaces or something like that so we'll see <laughs> that's a that's a good plan i never i have no money right now so yeah i I don't like, really like, need to spend my money on costumes right now but you know if i see something that's you know in, in, unavoidable <laughs> we'll see yeah i want to get a costume for philcon but you know because i want to go into the masquerade mm. Because our interviewee is hosting, is emceeing the masquerade this year. So. Nice. So yeah. So if you're if you're gonna stop by PhilCon, you know, in a couple of weeks, which is what is it, November seventeenth, you know, we can we could do a hang, we could do a live thing like we did the one year where you can. It's probably still on our Facebook page where you can watch me live evil for two hours. Didn't we call it live evil. Live evil. <laughs> live evil. <laughs> Which we called because the somehow I still don't know how the title of the video became, became ba it went backwards. Yeah, yeah, and it still <laughs> appears backwards every time I've seen it. So it's it was it was magical. I don't know. It was Woo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you, and I will have enjoyed seeing you when our yes, listeners. I will have hear this. I will have enjoyed our our Samhain. And it's spelled, it's spelled, it's not spelled like you think. It's because it's a, a Celtic word and it's S-A-M-H-A-I-N and it's pronounced Samhain. Yes. So. I was just watching a, a thing with Danzig and he had a band by that name, but he called yeah, it Samhain. Samhain, And yes. insists that, you know, the correct pronunciation of the band is Samhain, even though the holiday is. is Samhain. It, and yeah, yes. so it was like a whole thing. Yeah, well, it's like it's like the uh, Boston basketball team. Right. Yeah, that is exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> the word is Celtic. Right. <laughs> yep. The proper pronunciation is Celtic with a hard C, and uh, except in Boston. <laughs> But that's okay, because it's not, the Boston Celtics are not the 
the the aboriginal people of the irish isles so or scotland or wherever wherever the celts were from i think they actually came from europe and then moved into the islands yeah. but that's for another another boring lecture so. <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right well thank you so Have i hope you season yes i hope Yes, I hope all of your Samhain and Halloween events have been fun. Will have been fun <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs> okay. The promise of America is freedom, equality. We must act now to restore and protect these freedoms for us and for the future. We are the American Civil Liberties Union. For over 100 years, the ACLU has fought for everyone to have a voice and equal justice. Because we the people means all of us. To learn more, go to myaclu.org today. I am very happy to be here today with Michael Ventrella as well as being a practicing lawyer, he is an author and editor who has written novels, short stories, and nonfiction books. And welcome to the podcast, Michael. Well, thank you for having me. We're talking about your book, How to Argue. All right, give me the title slowly. So <laughs> How to Argue the Constitution with a Conservative. Yes, this is always a fun thing to do <laughs> well the key is you have to find a conservative who still has logic and reason and there are very few of them left as i say in the book it's useless to argue with like trump supporters because facts and logic mean nothing to them but there's still <laughs> some conservatives out there you know and moderates who will listen to you yeah yeah and and we'll get into like the the few amendments that they like to kind of concentrate on usually number two unless mm -hmm. they're unless they're being asked to shut up on a forum and then it's the first amendment but there were some really interesting things i was reading in your book that i had never heard of before and i i also do not appreciate the electoral college for many i guess the same reasons you do but yours are more thought out <laughs> but then you talk about this thing called the wyoming plan which i had never heard of yes so, so tell me about that well the idea behind the wyoming plan is this you take whatever the smallest district is and right now that's wyoming there are less people living in wyoming than in like 20 other states that um, is amazing i <laughs> yeah, there's more people living in Washington, D.C. than in all of Wyoming. That and so what we mind. do is, that is, whatever the population of the smallest district is, that's what the other districts would be around the country, which means we'd have to add a lot more representatives, but it would be a lot more fair. Because right now, one representative in Wyoming has more power and represents less people than one representative in, say, California or New York or someplace like that. So this would make it a lot more fairer. And it would also help the Electoral College, of course, because it would give a lot more accurate representation of what the country is actually like. Because right now, all these small states get extra, you know, they're un they're overrepresented. Is the yes, problem. yes, mm -hmm. we've we've noticed this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With two elections in, in my lifetime, where you know the president got elected with the least votes, you know, there's there's something that's not democratic. That's not democracy. No, and, absolutely. But, but the key is none of those, in order to change the constitution to fix the electoral college, you're going to need three-fourths of the states. 
and all those small states won't do it. So the only way around it is the Wyoming plan, which Congress can pass without having to do an amendment. Oh, okay. So in other words, Congress has the power to apportion, to make the, they, they can decide how big it is. Yes. There's yes. The, house. the House. Obviously, you know, when it was first established, the House didn't have 435 members. It keeps adding and adding. And basically around 1930, I can't remember the exact date, they set it at 435 and just stopped there. And that's the problem. You know, it's yeah. still expanded so that every every district is about equal as possible. But not exactly. And yeah, I, I'm I guess I, I'm also thinking now, well, we'll just move more people to Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing I thought was really interesting was, I guess it's the last amendment, which, which is about congressional raises. Yes. Is that, that, so the that the 27th amendment, and it took them how long to? Oh, ever <laughs> since the beginning of Congress. And, and for those who don't know the story, James Madison proposed this amendment way back in 1789, and it didn't pass. But there was no deadline set on it. So <laughs> students took it up and said, we need to get this passed and got all the states to pass it. So 200 years later, <laughs> gets passed, which says that Congress can't give itself a raise that, you know, any raise Congress gives itself doesn't go into effect until the next term so that you can vote out the bums. You know, it's a good yeah. amendment. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't pass in the first place. Yeah, I, I wish I wish they didn't have a time limit on the ERA because that finally they can always bring that back up again you know yeah as i said about the era in the book technically under the law it's it sort of exists now because there's been enough decisions that say that you can't discriminate but that doesn't mean the supreme court can't reverse it just like they did with roe versus wade you know yes. they can turn around and say okay we don't we all there's nothing in the constitution that says women have equal rights so therefore blah you know they could do that unless we have an amendment yeah yeah, I know. It's mm -hmm. not. And, and and that's also what's getting all of my gay friends very nervous. Absolutely. Because, yes, they should be, you know, and, yeah. and we've got a Supreme Court, a majority of members of the Supreme Court were appointed by presidents who were not elected presidents who got in there because of the Electoral College. So, you know, we're going back to the Electoral College as being the cause of so many of our problems. Yeah. And how would we get rid of that? You need an amendment and you need three fourths of the states. And once more, there's no way Wyoming is going to give up its power. So the chance <laughs> of electoral college being overturned is very slim. And the only, the best solution we can come up with right now is the Wyoming plan. Okay. So you also in your book have a wish list of amendments and, mm. and one of them kind of surprised me and yet it, yes and no, it was the abolish the Senate amendment. <laughs> I'm not saying abolish them. I mean, I, the problem with the Senate is it's very undemocratic. They represent the states instead of, you know, the people. So that a senator, you know, Wyoming gets two senators just like California, which means each senator in Wyoming represents like 180,000 people and each senator in California represents, you know, 18 million. I don't know how many, you know, off the top of my head. That's just not fair, you know? And, and no. so my thought, the problem is you really can't abolish the Senate. Ironically, the Constitution says you can't. Okay. What we could do is maybe find a way to reapportion if I, you know, if I had my dream, which is what I was saying in that particular article, you would make the Senate just like the House. You would divide up 100 senators across the country. And, you know, who cares about the state, you know, borders? You know, nowadays, we're not a collection of states as much as we were back in 1789. So, you know, 
one senator, New York would have a whole bunch of senators and then there'd be one senator for Wyoming and, and you know, Montana, and they're all connected. Because that's the problem. We're not democratic. Our, our representation is not democratic. And yeah. that's why we get a lot of stuff done. Yeah. I just, I also no, just. <laughs> no, we the liberals are the majority. You see it polled. We, you know, if you poll people, our views are not outrageous. They're moderate views. And somehow people have portrayed us as being crazy when really we're the moderates. And, and the scene, the reason we keep losing is because we don't have a democratic system. Yeah. I, I just want to mention that my dad this has got to be in the 1970s he got it in his his head that he wanted to get rid of the states and just have these areas of of governance that are mapped to zip codes so, <laughs> so there would be 10. <laughs> well i don't mind states i mean there's nothing wrong with having governors and, and you know and and local state representatives who deal with local issues that's not a bad thing but when it comes to deciding things for the entire country, the states shouldn't decide, the people should decide. You know, Let the states deal with stuff within their borders and outside of the borders, the representatives should be representing the people and not the land. Right. My next little note that I took as I was reading your book, I think this is, this is part of your First Amendment talk and, and the difference between a product and a service and this is why somebody really has to bake a cake for a gay wedding and why a band doesn't have to play at a clan rally. So yeah, it's, it, there are gray areas, of course, but the yeah. basic idea is that if you're providing a product, you should not be able to discriminate who you sell that product to. If I sell a cake, I should, I, I should not be able to say, I'm not going to sell it to Jews. I'm not going to sell it to gays. You know, you should not be able to say that. Right. And so that's the problem is if someone's asking for the exact same cake that a straight couple gets, then, you know, you shouldn't be able to say, no, I'm not going to do that because of my religious beliefs. You know, the fact that your religious beliefs allow bigotry doesn't make it not bigotry, it's still bigotry. So that's, that's the key with that. To me, that's a product as opposed to a service, you know, uh, a, a band can refuse to play for, you know, a clan rally, you know, it, it, it's a little bit more of an art in a sense. As a lawyer, I don't have to accept every client that comes in the door. As long as I'm not discriminating based on their race or something else like that, I can say, no, I don't want your case because it's not the kind of case I want to do. And it's sort of similar with, you know, artists saying, I don't want to play at your, at your wedding. Sorry. So there's a distinction there, you know, because in a sense, you're sort of endorsing it. And it's more than just, here's a product. I'm going to close my eyes. Whoever wants to buy, I can buy it. If you see what I'm. Yeah. I mean, and this is I when I was thinking about all of this, this the band playing at like a clan rally or something was the thing because I'm also a musician and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going, well, wait a minute, is making, you know, and, and I guess that's what the court was saying on that case that didn't even really have this yeah. is like a hypothetical, which which that also kind of blew my mind. Like, how did a hypothetical case get to the Supreme Court? I mean don't they have well, to have a real thing? Yes. And that's the thing that, you know, has changed. If you're talking about the most recent decision that came down a couple of weeks ago, which of course yes. was after, after my book was written. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't talk about it in the book, but yeah, the Supreme court basically took a hypothetical case, which technically we are taught in law school. They're not supposed to do the Supreme, this Supreme court doesn't care. You know, they're corrupt. They do whatever the hell they want. They have political agendas as opposed to legal agendas. And we're just seeing, you know, the result of that. That's why their popularity is so low right now, too, because people realize that they're not 
it used to be people respected the Supreme Court. They were, you know, unbiased group of intelligent people who, you know, weren't caring about politics. And now they're definitely not. Mm. And, and what, is there anything we can do about this or is this out of? Sure. We can expand the Supreme Court for one thing. Back in the days, they extend, you know, the Supreme, there's nothing in the Constitution that says how big the Supreme Court is. It started out with only three members and it grew and grew over the years. And a while ago, they said, well, we should have nine members because there are nine districts. There are nine federal districts. Now we have 13 federal districts. And oh. maybe we should have 13 Supreme Court justices, you know, one for each okay. district. Because right now what's happening is some of the Supreme Court justices, if a case comes up in a certain district, there's a judge assigned to that district who, you know, decides quick cases for things that have to be very quickly decided. And some of the judges have to handle two different districts right now. So mm -hmm. let's have judges. And we can do that without a constitutional amendment. All we need is, you know, basically the Senate and the House to agree to it. So until we Democrats control both houses and the presidency again, it's not going to happen. But when we do, that is something that could be done. And then, of course, we put in more people. The other key is obviously we just got to keep electing Democrats. The only reason the Supreme Court is that crazy is because we had Trump and, and Bush, neither of whom were elected by the majority of us. So the Supreme Court doesn't represent our interest in the slightest. Yeah. Well, also, let's let's not forget that McConnell kept Obama from nominating at Correct. least one person. And that's one so, of the problems that we Democrats, we don't fight back. We try to be honorable and not do things that they would gladly do. You know, if the Republicans were in power right now, they would gladly add to make the Supreme Court have 13 members, you know, yikes. No, they would. <laughs> and, and why are we, oh, we can't do that. And they don't care, you know, so it's not to me, you got to fight dirty if they're fighting dirty without breaking any laws or ethics, you know, and I don't think adding 13 Supreme Court justices is going to be an ethical issue. You no, know, it's a political issue. You don't like it? Well, that's politics. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I and I was wondering why everybody was throwing around thirteen when eleven would also be an odd number. But now I didn't realize there were thirteen legislative dist or judicial districts. Yes, judicial. So, yeah. Yes. And then you went to go on about grand juries and your argument was very compelling but 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 then on the other hand you know we have all of this nice juicy grand jury stuff coming out about january 6th and all of the other bullshit from trump and so i kind of right now i'm not against grand juries in general well, you know, you can, I, I don't want to be consistent you know, they could have done all that without a grand jury is my point. Okay. You know, uh, the idea behind a grand jury gives the prosecutor the ability to say, hey, it wasn't me. It was the grand jury. But you know, <laughs> if you give me the opportunity to speak to a grand jury and only present what evidence I want and not let the other side even into the room, I bet I could convince the grand jury to do whatever I want to. So mm -hmm. that's why they're kind of useless. It's a political tool as opposed to a legal tool these days. Now, okay. it's working on a favor right now. Yes, but it doesn't always. That's for okay. Sure. Yeah. Let us quickly, I guess, get into how to <laughs> how to argue the Second Amendment with <laughs> with a reasonable conservative, <laughs> assuming you could find one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've actually talked to some conservatives that are reasonable, some lawyer friends of mine, and I said, you know, we should get rid of the Second Amendment. Say, what? You want to ban guns? I said, no. I just want to make sure that we can have reasonable gun laws without people screaming, oh, Second Amendment, you know, let's, let's be reasonable, you know, 
we ban fireworks in many places. You know, we ban all kind of unsafe things. Yet we can't ban guns. You know, or, or at least register and, and legislate them. And that just doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. So I, you, I, you, you read the book, you know, I, I, <laughs> one of my arguments and I just can't stand it. But the key also is to me, you can, you can still have the second amendment, you know, because the second amendment says that anybody, the right is a uh, militia. And a lot of people in the second amendment says, well, according to the constitution, we are all members of the militia. So therefore we have the right to a gun. And my response was, well, according to the Constitution, the president is in charge of all the state militias. So all the president has to do is say, fine, if you want a gun, you have to obey all the same rules that everyone in the military plays. You have to be a certain age. We have to test you. We know exactly where the gun is at all times. It's registered. If you have a more dangerous gun, you got to go through a lot more safety training. And, you know, we just don't hand it to you, you know, and, and you put those kind of restrictions on people and I won't object as much. Okay. But I also, I'm assuming that the reason this hasn't happened yet is that's political suicide for a president to try this? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, and the NRA has gotten so powerful that they, they used to be a, a, a gun safety place and now they're basically run by the gun lobbies. So all they care about is selling guns. You know, they're, they're about as evil as you can get. If, if, they, if it was in a, a movie, they would be the bad guys without a doubt. You know? <laughs> So, so it's, it's, I, I'm not optimistic about that. You know, why we are the most violent and deadly country, you know, and everyone says, oh, it's, it's video games. It's this, it's, well, no, other countries have video games. Other countries have this and that. Other countries have mental problems. You know, we just have guns. That's why they're more deadly. That's why it's yeah. more deadly in America than other countries. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, boy, so. <laughs> The civil, tr the Seventh Amendment, which talks about, at least my note about it, is is a civil trial minimum, which I guess at the beginning was what twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, um, this is something that's kind of funny because everyone says, "Oh, we have to obey the Constitution," and it's in the Constitution. It's like written, chiseled in stone, like the Ten Commandments, and we have to obey it. And the founding fathers were gods, which is doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. But yeah, you know. The, the way the Supreme Court interpreted it is that, well, they didn't really mean $20. They meant $20 adjusted for inflation. And so, you know, they changed it, you know. So the point is the Constitution means whatever the Supreme Court says it means. You know, 50 years ago, it meant that women have the right to an abortion, and now it doesn't. Exact same words. Nothing has changed in the Constitution. The only thing that changes is we have different judges, and the judges decide. So anyone who tries to tell you, this is one of the big arguments I have in the book, is anyone who tries to say that the Constitution has to be followed and there's only one interpretation doesn't understand the constitution it's a political document written by politicians and judged by judges who are appointed by politicians and who basically are politicians it's all politics and once you understand that law makes a lot more sense or less sense you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it, you well, it, it makes you can understand why we are where we are yes. i guess is, mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i i also just wanted to bring up and I, I guess small claims court is a state thing. Yes. In general, okay, okay. Yeah, Except, there's nothing about that. Yeah. Okay, because I, I, and I also, and they also brought this up because the right now to go in federal court, according to the book, and it may actually be higher now. The the minimum amount of money that you're suing for in a civil trial is seventy five thousand dollars, right? Mm -hmm. That's okay. 
And recently, I think it was maybe, I think it was, I think it was during our prior administration, and it may have even been around COVID time when they finally passed the CASE Act, which I don't know if you, you probably do know about it. That's the, it, it, pre, it creates a small, a copyright small claims court for- In federal court. Uh, well, it's, it's part of, I think it's part of the copyright office. Okay. Well, that would be federal, definitely. But okay. you know, those numbers only apply to federal courts. Right. You know, state courts can set their own limits, whoever they want. Oh, okay. Okay. But this is a this is a federal thing, and it's it's a it's a copyright court for people to sue for copyright violations under three thousand dollars. So well, that's good because there are a lot of artists and writers who are getting ripped off these days, and you know, indeed, they don't that so that's good. <laughs> that, that, that was uh yeah, there was a lot of art advocacy groups and oh, yeah. getting this through it took i think it took five years to get through the you know i'm a bill mm -hmm. blah 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 that that whole <laughs> thing yeah, <it's> <laughs> i never never did watch schoolhouse rock but i know <laughs> this, i'm aware of the song all right and now let's talk term limits which okay. we don't really have for no, well, except except president. the president yeah. I, I advocated for term limits, but I want to be bluntly honest. One of the reasons I advocated for term limits is because we don't have controls over elections. You know, if we, if we had some sort of campaign laws that limited how much could you spend and what you could do and who could contribute to your campaign, I would be less likely to support term limits. Mm. But to me, the problem is once you get elected, you got all this money coming in and you get reelected and it's very hard to get rid of somebody who's in office. Yes, and I don't think that's a good thing. I would like people to treat being in office more as a duty as opposed to this is my full-time job you know and so i suggested 12 years 12 years in the house which means six terms 12 years in the senate which means two terms you know but the chance of that being passed are very slim as well yeah well it's like yeah yeah because the people who are voting on it are the people who would be out after 12 years and yeah you know, the only way you get that passed it, it, any amendment can be passed if you get enough states to agree so if you got someone who went around to every single state and got three-fourths of the states to pass it there's nothing congress could do about it mm. but that's still difficult and someone's got to have the will to do it you know and it's it's you know you gotta have to put a lot of money behind it and i don't know if that's the biggest <laughs> most important you know priority in people's minds really yeah well people with money want when they buy a politician. Oh yeah, they want to keep them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I and, bought that guy. <laughs> well, you know, their advantage, there are certain politicians I'd hate to see leave. You know, there are a lot of politicians I like and I'm glad they're there and they've been there for a long time. But at the and same time, there's, there's terrible Mitch ones we can't McConnell. get rid of. Yeah. yeah and, there's exactly. Mitch, yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard to get rid of some of these guys and and you just because because the, the cards are stacked against anybody trying to run against an incumbent. And that's the problem. If we if we made it fair, if we made our elections fair, we wouldn't necessarily need that, I don't think. Yeah, it would be nice to have fair elections. Mm -hmm. But I I kind of pretend that it, they are because otherwise I wouldn't vote, you know? Yeah, yeah. You get a little depressing. Well, you know, there's a, you know, Trump is trying to convince everybody that the election wasn't fair, but even even the average person is realizing that's not true now. So that's good. Yeah. Of course, by the time you, you, you put this out on the web, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Trump. So we better not oh talk about God. that right now. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be irrelevant by the time you do this. So. No, I, 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 all I want to say is this will be airing right as, you know, as close to the pre-election time this year as possible. And I, I want to, 
encourage everyone to go vote, even if you think it's futile, just do it anyway. Absolutely. And, and this is, you know, one of the, all the things we've been talking about can be resolved if we just get enough people elected on our side and people yes. are on our side, but it doesn't do any good if we don't go out and vote. The Republicans are very good about getting their voters angry. And when you're angry, you come out and vote. So that's one of the, honestly, that's one of the best things about you know, getting rid of Roe versus Wade. It's made us angry and we're voting. And the last yes. couple of elections, we've done really well. And we just got to keep that up, you know, and, and if yes. we can just keep doing that, you know, and that means even in these small little elections, that's the problem, you know, here in Pennsylvania, what do we got? We got, you know, sheriffs and judges running and, yeah. and nothing big, but even that is important. And it's important to go out and vote for all the Democrats. And I say that because even if you know the Republican, you know, I have some Republican friends, obviously, who is the clerk of courts, people like that, you know, and, and their ideology doesn't really matter. You know, clerk of courts can be anything. It doesn't matter. They're paper shufflers and we elect them for some reason. But my point is every time you elect someone like that, even if they're your friend, all that does is make the party stronger. It allows them to raise more money. It helps them, you know, build up to the top. And plus, if you're voting for someone who's a Republican, how do you know he's not a Trump supporter? How do you know he doesn't think that you're that you don't have rights, you know, that that he would be willing to discriminate against you if you had a chance, even if it's not something he would say in a campaign because his campaign is about being a clerk of court. So don't vote for any Republicans. You know, that's the bottom line <laughs> right now. And the more we vote and take it, take back control of our country, you know, the, the more we're going to get done, stuff done. Indeed, indeed. And I also, you know, and also these off cycle elections like the one this year in 2023 there's going to be school board people there's going to be and and you know if you want to make sure that your schools or the public or the county you know your city library is going to be able to have books you got to vote for the progressives because otherwise you know you're gonna you know there's going to be critical race theory weirdness happening or some crazy shit Ironically, you know, we vote least in the local elections and those are the elections that we have more power for. One vote can make a difference in local elections. People have lost elections by one vote quite often. And in a local election, you can call your politician and they will talk to you. You know, we put all this effort into the, into the presidential election and the local ones are the ones that we have power and we should yes. use that power. And, and I, that's, I want, that's why I want you to remind people <laughs> that this is where you have your power. You know, yes. if you're feeling powerless, this is the election to go vote in. I mean, even if you just give a candidate 50 bucks, you know, or 20 bucks, they'll remember you. If you give a president 20 bucks, they won't even know who you are, you know, <laughs> and that's such a small amount to them. They don't need it. But for a local election, well, that could make, you know, a small difference. And so, you know, going to a rally, doing, supporting the local politicians, they'll remember you they're, you know, you call them up and they'll do you favors back, you know, and that's something you can't get in a big, huge state, you know, giant election. Yeah. So, all right. All the more reason to vote every single election. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Now please let us know what else other than your lawyering you do other, you know, you have a, you're a writer, so you have books. I'm assuming you have books coming out soonish or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I'm still working on some stuff right now. I got a couple of short stories coming out soon in, in an anthology. But I also edit anthologies, science fiction and fantasy mostly. And th those sell better than my novels, mostly because I get really good <laughs> name science fiction authors to write wow. for. Yeah, <laughs> so people buy them for their names. But, you know, hey, I, I get paid, so that's nice. Well, that's um, good. Yeah, my, my last novel came out a couple of years ago, and it's called Big Stick, and it's an adventure with Teddy Roosevelt and Mark Twain and Harriet Tubman. 
and it's all a <laughs> fantasy adventure that they go on to try to save the world. And it's, it's meant to be fun. I don't, I don't write serious fun. books. I write fun books, you know, that, that are just, you know, you should have a, a good ride reading them and, and enjoy it. I'm not trying to be deep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And where can people find your books? Well, anywhere, actually, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you go to buy books. Okay. My webpage, michaelaventrella.com. There's a link, you know, for each of those things. And you could find out and read reviews and all that kind of stuff. I also have a webpage called Ventrella Quest, V-E-N-T-R-E-L-L-A Quest, Q-U-E-S-T. And that's where I write all my political blog and put political updates and things. So if you want to read some of my political views, that would be on Ventrella Quest. So those are my two main my web pages, not counting my legal web page. <laughs> okay. Uh, what you give out? What's your legal web page do? Is that just for your lost law, law? That's firm? for my law your practice, mikeventrala.com. So, you know, ah. I was lucky enough that I grabbed all those names early on, you know, before anyone, before any other Michael Ventrala came Smart. along. And from me, you know, Smart and there is another Michael Ventrala out there that I get confused with all the time. Can I tell you that quick story? Sure. Uh, quite a few years ago, there was a TV show called The World's Biggest Loser. And basically, they got you know someone who was very overweight and whoever lost the most weight won. And one year, the winner was a guy named Michael A. Ventrella. Michael Ventrella, not Michael A. Ventrella, just Michael Ventrella. So if you do a search and you see Michael Ventrella, World's Biggest Loser, it's not me. <laughs> I used to be a tech writer. And there is another tech writer in New Jersey, where I live, who's also named Wendy Sheridan, and she got, I think, the .net. Mm. Maybe maybe that, maybe she has the .com and I have the .net. I don't even remember now. <laughs> I don't even use my name anymore. It's just, uh, well, I wanna thank you so much for, for being here with us today. And I will be seeing you at PhilCon, I'm assuming. Yes. And yeah, and if any of you guys go to PhilCon, look, either of us up will probably be in the dealer's room. I might yeah. not be. I think I do the art show in there. But yeah, I'll be thank hosting, you. I'll be hosting the masquerade this year. So oh. I'll be able to get on stage and have some fun. So it won't All be right, hard well, to find if you go. I, I'm going to definitely get a costume together then. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and um, see you at PhilCon. See you then. <laughs> Well, next week, I am really happy to finally be able to present our interview with Scott Pearson. Scott is a good friend and a producer. I've worked with him in the music world, and he now lives in Netherlands. And he's going to tell us hmm. about his take on the U.S. and politics and life as an expat. Oh, wow. I had a really interesting conversation with him. So that's going to be really a lot of fun. Cool. And what is our B segment? Our, it's the Blanket Fort, and we're going to give survival tips for getting through the holiday season. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Very good. All right. Well, I'm Robin Renee, and you can find me on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan, on Instagram at Robin Renee Music, and on X at Spirit Rock Sexy. And I'm also on Discord as Andrew Genus. So perhaps I will see you there. And I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Wendy Cards, 
on Blue Sky at Vox Woman, and on Etsy at Wendy Cards with a Z. And remember, you can always reach out to us on social media at Leftscape. So until next time, be safe, vote, and keep left, and vote. (laughs) (laughs) And vote. And vote. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Ariel Sheridan. Web hosting by InMotion. Remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash Leftscape. Thanks for listening. <laughs>